Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to The Tim's Take, episode 44. Vacation edition. (laughs) (laughs) Not really a vacation edition, because we are not on vacation, nor is it like the episode labeled on vacation that wasn't an actual episode. We're in the pre-vacation haze. Yeah, haze is a good word for it. This is definitely the most ahead we've ever recorded an episode, though. That's true. A full week. We're on top of our game. <laughs> Ish, I guess. Now, this is going to be a short episode because on Wednesday at 6.30 a.m., to be clear, that's when our flight leaves at 6.30 a.m. Leaves the airport, meaning we have to be there much, much, much earlier. Yeah. I was looking up Southwest recommendations today, the airline we're flying, and it's 90 minutes right now for Sacramento recommendation, but I know you're going to want earlier. I mean, that's close to what we're aiming for. To get there around five? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. Oh, it's going to be bad, folks. We did not plan this trip. I think we talked about this, just the two of us, but with Oliver or ourselves at the top priority. It is our timing of our travels was more focused on other people. Well, Which is great. And also just the airlines. There's not a lot of options anymore because flights have been limited and some of flights have been moved around. But it just means that we're flying out real early and we're getting back real late. Yes. The real late piece we won't discuss on air because we've talked about that far far enough. The real early piece, I think, is as much to reduce our overall travel time as anything i think that was actually what was driving that not that we would get there earlier but simply that we wouldn't be in planes and layovers and all that longer yeah it was a shorter layover yeah so we'll see this is the longest we've been gone from home with oliver yes that's true which is wild it's the farthest from home we've been with oliver we're going to the midwest for clarification we're kind of doing a whirlwind tour of ohio michigan and Illinois. Yeah. Going to just like basically one place in each of those places. <laughs> yeah, but it's not touring the whole state. <laughs> to, yes, mostly. This is true. Yeah. But if we're checking states off of Oliver's bucket list, that's three more he hasn't hit before. That is true. How are you feeling about the trip? Oh, right now I feel very tired because of the three ahead hour time change, which we were anticipating when we go to Ohio, I've decided to alter our sleep schedules prior to the trip, which actually has worked surprisingly well for Oliver. And mm-hmm. so tonight he went to bed at 5.30 p.m. and I will wake him up at 5.30 a.m. tomorrow morning to get us a little more on track. And he's done great. I, however, have had a hard time going to sleep at 9.30. Tonight's supposed to be 9 p.m. And I have not fallen asleep, but have gotten up earlier each day. Are you really going to try to do that? Go to bed at 9 p.m.? Yes. <laughs> it is very... In theory, it makes so much sense. I did this religiously when we went to Australia. I downloaded an app, which it told me a week in advance, I mm-hmm. started altering my time change and daylight and when I should drink caffeine. It was an amazing app. Highly recommend it. What's it called? I do not remember at this moment in time. We went to Australia like three years ago. and I Hugely influential since. app. I haven't touched it since. We'll try to link to it in but the show we'll notes. we'll try to look it up. It was great. You could, I mean, you could do it for this trip. You could plug in any flight and it would alter the, your schedule for you. 
I'm trying to do it on my own, but having a hard time going to sleep because someone isn't joining me and is staying up later than I am. This morning I walked into the room. I got up at 5.30. Six o'clock was wake up time for Rachel and Oliver. I walked in. I just said, welcome to 6 a.m. That felt like it was three. That's how I was like, why is it dark outside? And I just can't. What is happening? The thing is, I I assume two things. Well, first of all, the wake up times are never going to be except for the morning of earlier than I usually would get up. So I don't feel like I need to adjust really on the other on the front end, although maybe that's why I'm always so tired. The second thing is I figure I'm going to be so exhausted from a day of traveling that sleep will just knock me out. I know. It's hard to tell if I'm punishing myself more by drawing it out. <laughs> but at the same time, it's working really well for Oliver. So then maybe it's worth it for him at least. Uh, to be clear, listeners, we have no idea if it's working well for Oliver. What we know is that he is going to bed earlier, whether this works when we travel across the country or not. Is to yet any to be positive seen. effect is yet to be seen. So I'm taking a real gamble at a dent rent to my own health and safety. But we'll feel free see to write, how it goes. Feel free to write in. You know, because actually when this releases, we will be like in the midst of this. We'll know. But in a couple more weeks, we'll talk about and we'll debrief. But if you want to write in with your guests, it doesn't have to be a long mailbag, <laughs> oh, but gosh. just your guess, whether Rachel is happy with her decision <laughs> to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier or whether she would never do that again. I would love I would love to get some I will not read them until and just tally them up after our trip because otherwise I will be very, very sad. Okay, I'll keep your mail back to myself. So feel like you can just send this in at any time. I mean, other than that, I in classic Bromson, this is my maiden name, family origin, have started packing already for this trip, which will be quite helpful when I have to go to bed at 830 p.m. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> I also need to pack. I guess I'm packing out in the living room. Yeah, you'll be packing by yourself because I'm turning off the lights and going to bed at 8.30 tomorrow. Oh, my god! That is why I've said for days, you should start packing. I have all of our stuff ready. My stuff is literally in a suitcase back in the closet <laughs> because Oliver will get to it if it's out. So I have all my clothes ready to go <laughs> since last night, ready to just pop that, pop that handle and roll out the door come Wednesday morning. You can't say the same thing. No, and I don't feel any pressure to be able to say the same thing. Well, when you can't get to your clothes tomorrow night, that's your problem. <laughs> it's good to know. I'll need to start packing early. Well, yes, this is the longest flights we've ever been on with Oliver. So I got some suggestions from a friend who is well-versed with entertaining children. And we bought a... Got to shout out her name. Catherine, what, if she, what if she listens? Catherine Dungan. Thank you very uh -huh. much. We got a Parmesan bottle today, which I'm going to empty and clean. And then pom-pom balls and straw <laughs> things. Pipe cleaners. Pipe cleaners. Thank you. Also, do you call them pom-pom balls or are they just pom-poms? I think they're just pom But I'm just trying to make sure everyone knows what I'm talking about. Pom-poms are also like cheerleader pom-poms. This is a pom-pom ball, which is small, quarter-sized. That is very fair. Also, pom-pom, what a word. Who came up with that? So anyway, the pom-pom balls and the pipe cleaners will go in the Parmesan container because Oliver is in a stage in which he loves to take things out and put them back in, which meant today that there were 100 pens scattered throughout our house. But we did what we had to do. And so we'll take this fun new tool on the plane 
We've also been practicing his, we bought him headphones that are specifically designed for children so that the volume doesn't go over a certain decibel. So we've been practicing with his headphones. So hopefully, God willing, he will watch some TV on this flight. Again, listeners, write in with your guesses of how successful <laughs> our pre-planned all of our distractions, keep content you tools know, are. Now that we're talking about this, I recognize that 98% of this trip planning has fallen on me. So if any of this goes well, I will take all the credit. If it goes poorly, <laughs> I will not take all the blame because you could have helped me. And so it is then both of our faults. I just want to lay that out. Listen, I think this is where I've been at. I There is a lot happening right now mm-hmm. in a number of areas of our life. One major area of my life where there is a lot happening is work. And I've been trying to get ahead so that I could have a nice vacation. Part of what that included is recognizing I can't be as prepared for this trip. So either I'm just going to, with endless gratitude, say thank you to you, or I simultaneously have to be prepared to gut it out with a screaming 14-month-old. Although I'm reconciled to both of those possibilities. And recognize that I have done my contribution at the front end of the trip. So when he is screaming on the airplane, you will get to take the responsibility of walking him back and forth in the aisles because I tried with the pom-poms and the headphones and the sleep change. I tried. (laughs) So now you wash your hands. This is your pilot moment on the air. (laughs) Wow, this took a real turn. I was, I thought this was kind of going to be about teamwork and how we're looking forward to time together and instead. Oh yeah, that too. (laughs) Instead it's just all blame. I do want to talk about something because we are traveling and we are still in the midst of a pandemic. Yes. So it has not all been roses and rainbows in terms of anticipating a vacation. We've had to have conversations about what this means, what risk we're willing to take, kind of what estimated risk really, because we don't know. Rachel and I are both vaccinated. Obviously, Oliver is not vaccinated. That's maybe the, one of the bigger increasing risk factors. Obviously, we know that infant rates and illness in infants is lower risk than obviously if we were all 65 and unvaccinated or something like that. But it's been a tough part of planning this vacation. Definitely. And I think when we planned, we booked these trip tickets probably back in May or early June. Yeah. And at that time, like things were really turning around in a positive direction. It was kind of pre-Delta variant. And so we were kind of looking toward the fall and honestly, like not even factoring that much. We had both gotten our vaccine, so not factoring too much of COVID in to like how well this would play out. And we are in a different position than we thought we would be. So it's been hard and sad and disappointing to have to kind of recalculate all of that and make some sacrifices. The trip won't be exactly what we thought it would be, but we're still really excited to go and hopeful that it will be a safe and good trip for everyone. We got our extra masks. We kind of talked through all our contingency plans were something to happen to one of us and get sick or whatnot. So we'll see if we could be recording this podcast from a quarantined hotel room somewhere along the Midwest yeah. states. Hopefully not. And like I said, we are doing everything we can to avoid that. But it is a reality of the season. Yeah, a little peek behind the curtain is like two things I think in our conversation that I found hopeful yesterday. One was 
you know, we, we don't know obviously the exact risk amount, but we begin to kind of think, okay, like what, what would it feel like it is too high a risk of one of us getting sick and basically getting stuck for us to like cancel this trip or cancel a part of the trip or not do things in a certain way. And so then as we talked, it was like, I mean, I think the place we landed was like well, one in six chance felt like we would still do it. Like one in six chance of one of us getting sick. One one in five or was it one in five? Yeah, one in four for sure. One in, one in four, five. possibly one in five felt too risky. So it was helpful, I think, to articulate that. I mean, by kind of our estimates, it seems, well, I think just by the sheer numbers and case rates and our own vaccination status, Oliver potentially having some ant- antibodies from your breastfeeding him, we're well below those thresholds. But it was helpful for me to just say, okay, like here is to not just kind of shove our heads in the ground and say, oh, it won't happen, but to really say like, okay, even if it happens, we still deemed it worth it because we thought the risk was at least low enough to make it worth it. Would it suck if it happened? Yeah, of course. But we will try to do our best, Daniel Tiger neighborhood. And if something bad happens... Turn it around and find something good. That's what we learned yesterday. And obviously, I mean, we're talking about a situation where one of us gets a mild illness. Uh, There's obviously far far more dire situations, but the risk of serious illness for us is basically zero, which we're really grateful for. But it is a helpful thing. I mean, in any trip, there's risk. You know, obviously this is a particular moment in our lives that hopefully never happens again. But in any trip, you're calculating risk of getting sick, getting stuck somewhere, of weather, of a car breaking down. You know, there's always things that you're having to figure out. And so being able to have those kind of conversations hopefully will serve us in the long run that we've kind of talked to. Okay, if this happens, here's what we're going to anticipate. Yeah. Here's what we're willing to take on. It, I think it was good. Yeah, the other thing that I think was helpful was just naming like the ways that we want to move through because we're seeing multiple people at different times. Like We want to approach this with empathy and allow other people kind of opportunity to either have clarity or feel safe. So we brought some at-home kits and we were talking about it because it's like on the one hand you start testing yourself what if you get a false positive there's so much stress at that and the place we kind of landed is well we want to honor like if people if people need that we will really want to honor them and make others feel secure and thinking too about how we would feel and how it would be meaningful for someone to take those steps or at least offer those those steps of kind of extra precaution around our family so i think you know, if I get on my soapbox here. Yeah, you really are right now. Which maybe I will. It's just to say, like, I mean, it's a huge thing of what we need. We need to think that the only stories, the stories that matter are not only our own stories. And I think, yeah, you know what? I'm going to get on a soapbox here and just say, like, too many of us are living as if our stories are the only ones that matter. And that's just not going to help us, period. I mean, forget getting out of the pandemic. It's just not. I mean, I would say from a faith perspective, a Christian way to live or really a way to live in general. It does make me think we listen to a podcast, which I think maybe we mentioned before, a hospitality podcast by the Allender Center. And they talk both about hospitality as a host and then hospitality as a guest. And I think some of that has really stuck with me about how to frame myself as a guest. Like we had one of our hosts ask us, hey, what do you want to do? And it's like, well, Actually, like I, you're hosting me. And so I don't want to come in with my agenda. Like 
you're not my Airbnb. Hmm. And if you were going to be, I should have just rented. Like, if that's the trip I wanted, I should have just rented an Airbnb. Yeah. But if I'm going to stay with someone, like, I want to be a part of their life. Like, show me your favorite things. Like, you know, I'm not to say you're not allowed to have some input if they're asking that. But it's a different posture, I think, of being guest and all of that's wrapped up into how we're thinking about some of these things. Yeah, this already went way longer than I thought. We have no resource today. We have no other segments. You're hearing maybe us just word vomit our anxieties. This will be very interesting to listen back to in three weeks. Well, here we go. Here we go. Till next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tennessee.